This hour is brought to you by Hewlett and Dunn, Boot and Jean Company, and Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Brian Jacobs. Welcome back into Sports Time. Brian and Brett with you in our family leisure studios. And joining us now from Sports Illustrated, you can follow him on Twitter at CBB underscore Central. Kevin Sweeney joins us now to uh, to talk college basketball, and he uh, is up in Chicago at these two games uh, for the Barstool Invitational, Barstool Classic. I don't know exactly Great what they're night. calling it, but a good night of basketball nonetheless. A uh, tenth-ranked Florida Atlantic uh, versus Loyola Chicago gets us started later in the night. Arizona State versus Mississippi State. Uh, Kevin, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, this first one, I'm really intrigued by with Florida Atlantic. What do they look like um, a season after that Final Four run? What do you make of this team though going into the season? I've heard a lot of people some. Are very high on this Florida Atlantic team. Some people think maybe it was just a Cinderella story, and it'll be hard um, to repeat this year. What do you make of this Florida Atlantic team? I think there's 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 enough evidence from last regular season that this team was really good even yeah. before March, right? Like obviously they got some breaks to get through to the Final Four. You need that if you're going to make a run in the NCAA tournament. But FAU had proven that they could they could play at a high level, so I expect they'll be good. Can they be great, which is the, the standard now? I'm not sure. I think that's the, that's the thing we learned starting tonight. I, I will say this. I, I've talked to a lot of people who are around that Loyola 2018 Final Four team. It's interesting yeah. that these teams match up given the kind of similar history. Yeah. Um, and, and they just speak about the pressure that they felt the next year. And they didn't even realize it as they were going through it. But as, as they look back, just the amount that they had to carry every night of like, if you don't make a Final Four, you're a failure, right? I mean, no mm. team goes into that. That's Duke-Kentucky-level status, and you're yeah. at a mid-major. I mean, it's just so tricky. So uh, I, I think that's the thing to watch. How do they handle adversity? Uh, Loyola, I think, will be much improved. They should they should push FAU tonight, and it'll be interesting to see how they respond. You know, Kevin, I don't know that I saw a quote from Dusty May around the passing of, of legend legendary coach Bobby Knight. Wasn't he a student manager at IU for Coach Knight? Yeah, he was an Indiana manager. I don't know exactly the timing. I'd have to look if he was a, a night manager, but certainly uh, night influenced uh, if he were an Indiana manager around that period of time. Uh, so his first game will be interesting to see if he honors him in any way. It, it will be. A, a, a red sweater would be a good touch. Huh. I guess you could work in red in the FAU color scheme, couldn't you? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you, you could. That That's going to be fun tonight. The second game, boy, I don't third day of college basketball. I don't want to get too big into firing coaches. Is, is this a big year for Bobby Harley? Well, it's funny. I mean, I think last year was a big year for Bobby Harley. Yeah. It does seem like the that. Tournament. Yeah. And, and, and it doesn't provide much reprieve. Um, I mean, quite frankly, I think there were people close to Bobby Hurley who thought Bobby Hurley was not going to make it last year, even after he made the NCAA tournament. And it wasn't until he won in that first four game that he truly sealed that he was coming back for another year. So, yeah, I mean, you, know, you want to build on it. And I think they had so many defections this offseason, lost a ton to the portal, had a few big graduations as well. Very interesting to see how they come out early uh, and if they can look competitive. I don't know that they need to make the NCAA tournament for Bobby to keep his job, but... Uh, certainly want to stay out of the cellar in the Pac-12. I, I think the biggest reason Arizona State basketball has been a, a really tough job for a, a lot of really good coaches is because of U of A, because of Arizona. But Bobby Hurley's really joining that list. Herb Sendek, uh, uh Rob Evans, we, a good man, a really good coach. Uh, B- Bill Frieder, uh, w- way back in the um, – 
in in the eighties, uh, you know, when everybody was trying to out there was trying to be little UCLA, uh, uh, Steve Patterson. Nobody has really ever been able to get it done at Arizona State. It's it's and it's funny. I, I think everyone kind of gets stale at ASU, where you look up, and say, yeah, it could be better here. Let's let's roll the dice and go out and get another. And for the most part, like it's been consistently this level, which is like mm-hmm. you're a bubble team in your good years, you're not in your bad years, and. Um, you know, I, I think there's more potential there than it's been tapped into, but I don't know if all that's the coaching. You know, their facility's really dated. I know they're still catching up on the NIL front. Obviously, it's a newer thing, but it speaks to kind of institutional commitment and things like that. So, um, you know, the Big 12 move will be, be interesting for them. It'll be interesting to see if that job does open, how interested people are in that job going into the toughest league in college basketball. I certainly think, you know, living in Phoenix and, and the access to talent um, the the culture of the school is a place where people know you can go have fun, you can go party. Like, I, I think there's 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 real potential here. It takes some investment top down and some institutional alignment, but it's a place I think can be better than it's been. And Michigan, see if Bobby can 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 right the ship, and if not, uh, how quickly ASU looks to move and, and find a place. And the pro influence in that market's hurt. Even you know Tempe, a little bit insulated from downtown Phoenix and even Scottsdale, but they they've got it all out there now. There's a I know there's not really a, a, a real newspaper anymore, but it's hard for Arizona State to get on the front page of the newspaper. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and and that's the that's the constant battle uh, in pro markets and. Chicago is one of them. We talked about it with Northwestern yeah, and DePaul. DePaul. Yeah, right? like, yeah. it, it's great to be close to a big city and all the, the resources that come with that. It's also hard to break through the noise in a big city, especially when you're struggling. And that's, the, I think, something ASU has run into over the years. Kevin, I know extremely early to ask this question, but after a couple of days into the season, who impressed you in, in their first game? And, and maybe who were you shocked looking at maybe a box score watching a game of how they performed? I mean, the Big Ten duo of Michigan State and Indiana, two kind of disappointing results. Indiana, you know, some of the concerns of the preseason about spacing offensively were were proven to be a real thing in in opening night. And obviously it's early. They've got young players, but um, they're still very much learning how to play with one another. And I think they're going to have to play smaller like they did down the stretch against Florida Gulf Coast to find a way to win. And then obviously the Michigan State loss to to James Madison was, was a surprise. I think if you... You know, if you were following close enough, you knew James Madison's really good, a really good mid-major team, one of those you know, really good twelve or thirteen seeds come come next March. Mm-hmm. And, um, we'll see if we'll see what how that loss ends up aging for Michigan State, but for a team you expect to be a top five team that, that you were hoping would make a jump, it just didn't feel like they did. Interesting to see how Izzo maneuvers with his rotation, navigating some of the younger guys, trying to get them more minutes with with the struggles that the vets showed in. Uh, uh, on night one, obviously it's early. I thought I thought both Baylor and Auburn were really impressive last night. I know it's yeah. a, a loss for game. one, the win for the other. But you want those two teams? You say, all right, those, those are teams that can win in March with their length, their athleticism, uh, their shot making ability, and, and their their freshman talent with Jacoby Walter Walter at, at Baylor, and then. Uh, Aiden Holloway at Auburn, who had a really big night as well. Bruce Pearl would take that rematch in an elite eight game right now, wouldn't he? <laughs> I, I think we all would. I mean, yeah. that was that was awesome. It was. We've had Friday night, November 10th, circled around here for a while. Memphis Tigers in Columbia against the Missouri Tigers. But also this this schedule Friday night. Arizona at Duke. Even Central Florida at at Miami. Texas A&M at Ohio State. Uh, You uh, you go all the way through Friday night. Tennessee at Wisconsin. Really fun stuff coming up on Friday. San Diego State against BYU will be good. 
Yeah, it's funny. I mean, it's so much kind of fatalism about the, the, the opening schedule for college basketball. And I think we all agree it'd be nice to have more high-profile games on night one. But night four in, in Chicago has a chance to be pretty, uh, pretty entertaining. Really, throughout the country, should be pretty entertaining. Uh, you look around it. That Duke Arizona game, I think, is a chance to be really, really good. I think Arizona is going to be uh, better than people realize. And playing that game on a college campus at Duke is, is really great instead of a neutral court. Um, Virginia, Florida is one I have my eye on. And then that Tennessee Wisconsin game. Wisconsin was very impressive opening night. Uh, Tennessee was obviously great against Michigan State and, and blew out their opener, obviously, and, uh, you know, by game in Tennessee Tech. But, uh, you know, I think. Certainly, that's a game that I think we'll look back and say, it's okay, it's one-ranked team versus Wisconsin. I think by the end of the year, we can be talking about both those teams as like top 15 type clubs. So that'll be a fun one in Madison. Uh, Kevin, last night, Michigan uh, with a big 99-74 to win over UNC Asheville. Uh, this is a team Memphis will play uh, later on during the in the first round of the battle for Atlantis. What do you make of this Michigan team coming into the season? Because I think, at least for me and, and some other people I've talked to, a lot of questions around what this Michigan team would look like post-Hunter Dickinson. What, what do you make of this team this year? Yeah, they're a good example of a team that just, I, I think... So much was negative vibes-wise in the offseason with yeah. the Dickinson departure, the Buffkin and Jet Howard draft draft decisions, and then Caleb Love committing and then bouncing because of admissions. It just felt so bad. But when you actually sat down and you looked up and like really analyzed their actually, they're in pretty good shape. Like If Doug McDaniel takes the leap, people think he can. If Terrace Reed at the 5 takes the leap, if Olivier Kamala from Tennessee is able to step into the role that they hope he will, they're going to be pretty darn good. They looked it against Asheville. And Asheville, I will say that it's a good mid-major team. They've obviously had a lot of success, but they have gotten blown out in high-major games pretty repeatedly over the last couple of years. So I don't want to make you know too many sweeping. Oh, Michigan's back. They're right. going to the you know second weekend, whatever. But uh, certainly an encouraging sign to see how well that they played, how cohesive they looked, which was something that they didn't do well last year, obviously, and then how good McDaniel at point guard appeared to be. I mean, obviously it's early for him, but... He has a chance to be one of the better guards in the country if he plays like he did yesterday. For someone that covers it so well, lives it, breathes it, eats it, just around it all the time, give us yours because we've we've had we've had that moment. We've we've chuckled about it. Who's been the player that you've seen? Go, oh yeah, he's there. And even the coach here was mine the other night. And I don't know, I don't know why I thought this, but I, I, I'm watching UCF. I went, oh yeah, Johnny Dawkins has made it there. He's still there. <laughs> And Folly Dante was for me at Oregon yeah. the other day. Wow. Yeah, there's a, there's a few guys that are just like, you look at me, they're still kicking around. I, mean, I, I knew Janai Broom was still at Auburn. He played, played well at the Combine. But but I, I looked and I realized, all right, he has two years of eligibility left if he wants it. And I was like, how are these guys have this much eligibility? <laughs> and even tonight at Loyola, Braden Norris was on Boogie the Ellis is the eligibility team. guy for us. Yeah, yeah. Boogie Ellis for sure. DJ Jeffries is playing tonight for Mississippi State. Like, Eligibility is uh, eligibility is, is is going off the rails here. It is wild seeing some of these fifth and sixth year guys. Brian, wasn't DJ Jeffries a senior senior at Olive Branch like in twenty ten? Yeah, I mean, it seems like he's been playing college basketball forever. <laughs> that's that's gonna be one for me. I'm glad you said it, Kevin, so I don't turn that game on later night and go, DJ Jeffries still playing college basketball. Well, well, it, it was twenty. It was the early like, second or third day of twenty twenty when DJ Jeffries was a game time scratch. Against Georgia with Anthony Edwards That's here right. at FedEx right. Forum, Kevin. 
Yeah, every so often you look up and you say that, you're like, all right, the, the guy, guys in the same high school class as this guy are now on their second NBA contract and they're uh-huh. still in college basketball. <laughs> Might be time to get a job. Yeah. Kevin, I, I, I don't mind. Do, do, do you? I, I know some, it flies all over them. And I, I, I've heard from every person around my age this year around college football of, I can't take this anymore. I, I don't know who's on. I said, I said, don't let it bother you. You should be pulling for brands anyway. I, I, it's, it doesn't bother me. I'm, I'm, I'm living it every day. Uh, I think it's funny that the people who complain the most about not knowing it are like message board fans who also should be <laughs> kind of in it every day for their yeah. team. Um, but I, I, I understand it, right? You want to build an attachment to guys over three and four years. But to me, like, I also enjoy the chance to, to rebuild quickly, right? Like, it's, it's fun to be in a, in a down year and look up and be like, all right, like, we can fix this with one or two pieces in the spring and, and, and turn it around and not be waiting for freshmen two, three years down the line. Um, you know, every, everything is instant gratification these days, and uh, I think that would this, this, this certainly qualifies. But you know, obviously, it's, it, it is an adjustment for sure. But um, I, I personally enjoy tracking the player movement. I enjoy having something to think about with the sport in the off season. Again, it's not for everyone, but uh, I, I certainly think it's been it's been at least entertaining for the sport. We were talking about Boogie Ellis a second ago of just still playing college basketball. seems like he's been playing forever. But uh, now uh, kind of the leader of this USC team in that first game against Kansas State, he finished with 24, Isaiah Collier uh, with 18. I know a lot of people... Uh, are talking a lot about Bronny James, especially after LeBron said he, he's going to get looked at again at the end of this month, and and we'll go from there. But when you look at this USC team with what they have, how good can they be? I mean, the backcourt's outstanding, and you know when you're looking for teams that can make noise in the NCAA tournament, uh, that is certainly uh, certainly what you're looking for. And with with Collier, uh, I mean, I think he will be one of the best guards in the country, Ellis. You know, yes, he's he taken his criticism, particularly at Memphis early in his career, mm-hmm. but it turned into a really good college basketball player, 18-4-3 last year. Kobe Johnson had a great game defensively in particular yeah. um, the other night, and potentially Bronny, who is the big X factor. We'll see if he gets on the floor. I don't necessarily anticipate he'll be super explosive for, for USC if he does play, but he's another former four- or five-star recruit who can make threes, who can defend, who can play multiple positions, and uh, you stack enough of those guys, you're, you're going to be in pretty good shape. For your v- viewing in-person plans, have, ha, do you have planned to go to a Big Five Classic game, and have you ever been to one? I have not. Uh, it is not currently on the docket, but that uh, that may change shortly. We're always uh, always hunting for them. That would, be, on the bucket list. that would be a good one. I have said, Kevin, um, on, my, on my college basketball bucket list, just give me a year. Let me have a year inside Philly basketball, and I never go to an NBA game, not one. Just those colleges in that area, November to March. It would be it would be awesome. And it, it is truly kind of the, the heartbeat still of college basketball, obviously, Indiana, Kentucky, with that, but but Philly has this special uh, special place. I know there's there's a guy out there who's doing like a a year long college football tour, just driving oh, the country, yeah. going yeah. to games. And if I ever did if I ever did that, if I ever pulled a Roger Sherman, I would certainly spend a good amount of time at the Palestra. Those guys find me every year in Oxford. There's always some that do that, and they always find the Grove, and they come by every <laughs> year on, on on that dream trip. You know, you, you, and you get people in summertime doing it at every major league baseball yeah. stadium that 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 that's a that's a good deal if you can get it 
Oh, I mean, when when we all retire, we can all hit the road together. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, We're talking (laughs) college basketball with Kevin Sweeney from Sports Illustrated. You can follow him on Twitter at CBB underscore. Like I'm going to be around when y'all retire. Well, I mean, (laughs) y'all can have the cutout of me in the car. (laughs) Oh, that's that's a little uh, morbid there, Brett. Um, Truth, (laughs) (laughs) Kevin. When you look around college basketball, I remember you know last year talking about coaches like Dennis Gates who who had a great. First season yeah. at, at their new school, but you know, watching some Chris games Jans. last night, Chris Jans. But watching some games last night, I mean, you realize how many uh, coaches have changed schools. I mean, Rick Pitino being one of them last night. Ed Cooley, I saw him um, earlier in the week. Pitino will still be coaching with yes, y'all on that, your retirement. Yeah, you're, you're right about that. Uh, Kim English, I was watching him earlier this week. Who is the coach that has switched schools um, this past off season that you think has the best year at their new school? Oof, I don't know the best year, but I think most improved year will be Mark Madsen at Cal. Mm. Uh, it's done a tremendous job. Uh, you know, the Mad Dog, Stanford guy, a Laker, Laker legend. Kimmy Cal, I can't imagine. <laughs> it, it's so strange, but Cal took advantage of Stanford not moving on Jared Haas. Got a really good coach. They added some big-time transfers. They won three games last year. Yeah. I mean, I think they're going to win 15. They might win 20. I mean, if they win 20, he should be national coach of the year. Yeah, that'd but be huge. you win 15 after t- turning around from three, you did a pretty darn good job in year one. And I think Mark Madsen is position to do that. When y'all go on that trip, think about this one. I was in St. Louis when Stanford punched their ticket to the Final Four in 98 with Madsen on the team. Mm. It's been a while. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> it's been a couple of years. Oh, man. Um, so uh, tonight, uh, like we said uh, to start this segment, you are in Chicago for these two games tonight. Uh, some uh, injury concerns for, uh, for Florida Atlantic. Um, what do we know about the, uh, the availability tonight for some of their uh, – I think Elijah Martin is, is the one that's the biggest question mark tonight for Florida Atlantic. What do we know about him? Is he going to give it a go tonight, Kevin? Yeah, according to Jeff Goodman, Dusty May told him that they're going to let him go, uh, give him a shot. Obviously, I think he's dealing with a stress reaction in his foot. Uh, so those are finicky. We'll see how much he plays and how effective he is. But obviously so important to their team. Him and him and John L. Davis are the two guys they really rely on to create offense. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, it, with, without him, if they're able to uh, score it as effectively. They str- some of the struggles in their secret scrimmages have been uh, attributed to no mark. So uh, obviously he's an important piece. That comparison you made of the pressure of being everybody's big game, like Loyola had, had it in the eighteen nineteen season after going to the Final Four in San Antonio with a great coach, with a, you know really one of the you know one one of the smart guys in the industry. Uh, FAU's really they they really are facing that. That that's a good comparison. I mean, they're dealing with it even more because they didn't lose anybody. I mean, they're they're top ten in the preseason poll. I think Loyola was like twenty second. To, to, to put top 10 expectations on a team with probably no future NBA players, probably, you know, still mid-major talent, mostly across yeah. the board. Like that, that's such a weight to mm-hmm. carry. And I think they have, they, they, they have what it takes. And everyone you talk to talks about how prepared and how locked in they've been all, all, all off season. But I just, you know, it's just hard to know how they'll respond to it in a game setting. Well, it's going to be fun to watch tonight as uh, they start their season against Loyola Chicago. But, Kevin, enjoy these games tonight. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll do it again next week. 
Thank you, sir. Have a good one. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks, Enjoy Kevin. and be safe out there covering and watching college basketball. And he does it so well and a regular guest of ours every Wednesday at 5 through the Final Four. This hour of our show brought to you every day by Hewlett and Dunn, Boot and Gene on the historic square in Collierville since 1961. That's right around when Loyola won it all in, in huh. 63. Charles Hall, he started working there in his teens and now with his wife, Laura. They own the place known for all the boots and all the clothing, all the accessories and a cap for any team in any season. And it's worth the trip to the Collierville Square just to see it so festive for the holiday season. It, it's, it's like stepping back into you know a courier and I've seen it for sure. Western wear, work boots, safety toe or soft toe. They got the rubber boots. They have boots for Every occasion at Hewlett and Dunn, there will be a lot of boots out at college football this weekend and enjoying tailgate scenes. They've got it, they've got you covered though from head to toe with every brand imaginable. Dan Post, Anderson Bean, Ariat, whether it's for men or for women, they have it. Men's and women's clothing, they've got it. Jeans, pants, shirts, shorts, outerwear, and the best duckhead collection you'll find in those Filson jackets. Perfect for this time of year. We've been lucky these last few days, but it's going to get jacket weather again, and it will be prolonged. Charles and Laura Hall, they invite you to 111 North Center Street. But go to visit, go, go by and visit them or you can go to HewlettDunn.com, but visit them on the square in Collierville and walk in and say happy holidays to them. Hats, sunglasses, boot care products and every area team snapback you can think of like for the Tigers. If you're headed up to Columbia, Missouri, you need a Tiger hat. If you're headed to Charlotte, you need a Tiger, a Tiger hat. Mississippi State, Tennessee, Ole Miss and the Razorbacks. If you're traveling, the travel bag selection, top notch at Hewlett Dunn. Go to HewlettDunn.com, but stop by, visit, say hello at 111 North Center Street on the square in Collierville at Hewlett and Dunn. It was, Brett, something last night when I turned it on to watch Georgetown basketball and saw Ed Cooley on the sidelines for Georgetown. That, I was a good uh, one. I was a little shocked, but I love uh, Kevin's uh, pick of Mark Madsen. I mean, that that's, is, that's real good. They had a great offseason getting guys from the portal. Here's a player that I would have lost a significant sum of money betting on yep. that no way he would be back. At DJ Ar- Jeffries? Because I was shocked about that. At Arkansas. Okay. Joe Pinion. I, I thought, oh, I thought somebody would get one. him yeah. smaller level three-point guy. Yeah, no, I, I I think that's a that's a very good call, and uh, but no, he's still there, and he is. Uh, this Arkansas team uh, looks like it's going to be a really good team. We talked earlier when we were talking Tigers of uh, of you know a future opponents in that battle for Atlantis. That hopefully we get that matchup of of Memphis versus Arkansas because I mean that's going to be a heavyweight battle. That's going to be awesome to watch. We we want that, and and something like that could spark a. a an idea of, yeah, yeah we, we need to do this home and home. Yeah, especially, I mean, if you can get a game that's really back and forth, a really good game, both coaches giving it all, I mean, that could really be, and, and both fan bases really responsive to it. And, and you know, not not that either are looking, you know, to, to save money in, in men's basketball yeah. budgets. No. But you you could play that game and you, you could get on a bus and, and save a lot of money. Sure, absolutely, you could. So uh, it'll be fun. Hopefully, we get that matchup. But it's been, I think, a really fun uh, first two days of college basketball. We've I know, got, I know, he's not. But Penny Hardaway, if he heard that, we're not riding no bus. No, no, to no, pay no, 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 we are not. <laughs> no, 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 no. But if you had to, you, you, yeah. you, you could. Um, but no, it's been a really fun first two days, and uh, I think uh, the rest of the week. You mentioned that slate on Friday. It looks. 
looks unbelievable. And, and I, I want college basketball defenders to get out there and tout this. It's off to yeah. a, it's off to a good good start in college basketball is in a good place absolutely it really is but let's go ahead and get to a break when we come back we'll talk about what's trending you already know you can listen to sports 56 anywhere with the sports 56 app or at sports 56 whbq.com but you can also watch us daily with live video of all of our shows on twitter facebook youtube and twitch Now, back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn Boot & Jean Company in Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome back into Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you in our family leisure studios. And we've got about 30 minutes left in today's show. And, and Brett, we've been... Talking a lot of college football, a lot of basketball today, but I did see earlier today some NFL news that I wanted to bring up. We talked a lot of NFL yesterday with Bo Marchant and what we were certain of over the weekend. But I did see we talked a little uh, Tyson Bagent yesterday for the Bears, and I we both kind of said that it, it sounded like he was not going to start this weekend um, for the Bears. Watching that game for the Bears over the weekend, it sounded like um, like you know uh, Justin Fields was going to be back mm-hmm. and, and healthy, just need maybe another week of practice well I saw earlier today uh, Justin Fields listed as doubtful tomorrow night in that Thursday night football game against the Panthers so it'll be another game of Tyson Bagent uh, against this Panthers team I know a lot of people already upset um, with some of these primetime games this week in the NFL you've got Bears um, and Panthers in there and I think the other two games are not very good either Sunday night and Monday night um, so uh, yeah we'll see we'll see Tyson Bagent again and I'm curious for Justin Fields was this just he's not not ready yet or was there maybe something that happened this week at practice that you know maybe retweaked that thumb or just the Bears saying oh, let's yeah. see a little more of of Bajent if if to move on or do something in the draft because we think it's going to be a quarterback heavy draft yeah. and I think if you're not sold on your future at quarterback and I mean really sold mm-hmm. you got to be rock solid sure you got to try to be getting a quarterback yeah yeah, I think you're right, and I think the Bears are right there. You know, I've heard, I, I've been talking about, I've heard a lot of other people talking about for the Bears, very real possibility that they're making a, a change at head coach um, in the offseason. A lot of changes coming. Yeah, a lot of changes. And so, if Out you. Darlington Heights? Right, that's a good point. So, I mean, if you make a coaching change, um, you know, I, I think there's a good chance that you also make a make a change at quarterback, and so that's a very real possibility. So it's it's something. Even though this Bears team isn't very good this year, it's something to keep an eye on as the season goes. I on. I think when the schedule was made, this matchup tomorrow night was going to feature a rookie Bryce Young on his yeah. way to his rookie mm-hmm. of the year and leading the Panthers maybe to sneaking in and winning that division. Mm. Said me, yeah, against Justin Fields, who uh-huh. it was time for the light to come on. And I think there are a lot of factors why it hadn't. Some of his of his belongings, some of his he's responsible for, but that organization has just been a mess for a while. Yeah, it really has, and and uh, you know it's 
it's kind of sad to watch because, I mean, it seems like every couple of years, every year, you kind of get this hope. There's that kind of hope around it. This year was, oh, Justin Field's gonna, gonna they make got a that great jump. Song. Uh, DJ Moore, they got, they do have a great song. They DJ Moore in song. there at, at receiver. He's finally got a weapon. You saw Chicago's some of those preseason the song games. They really are. I mean, I mean, when you have a band named after your city, I mean, it's and pretty. Go Cubs go. <laughs> that's right. Down. I mean, it's, uh, they, they, they got plenty of songs. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, it's just been, it's been a rough season for both these teams. One and seven Panthers versus the two and seven Bears tomorrow night. Let's see if those other primetime matchups. Uh, Sunday night Jets and Raiders. Uh, four and four Jets versus four and five Raiders. Mark it down on Friday for Bingo. Okay, there will be some reference Sunday night to the Heidi game. Ooh, okay. And that was the story back in what in sixty nine seventy. Okay, they left that game thinking it was Jet win, maybe even. Kind of, they were managing the score. Okay, they leave that game early to go to the Sunday night movie on NBC of Heidi. Okay, H E I D I. In that time, the Raiders came back and won. You're kidding! And it, it was a big, big uproar over it. Of you know, you left the game, and and I, I'm trying to remember that like the. The theme of the movie, I'm, I want to say it was like a Swiss Alp schoolgirl. The yeah. story of Heidi. Are you are you finding it? I'm anywhere? trying. To, do you do you know when it came out by any chance? 1970. Give me that. Uh, maybe that. Let's Se- see, 69, 70, 68. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Let's see. Um, Heidi is it's very famous for that game. Yeah, NBC debuted November seventeenth, nineteen sixty, on NBC. Uh, the plot, uh, primary, yada, yada, yada. She's an orphan um, with her grandfather. Yeah, that, it sounds like you got it. That. No, I mean, uh, how could you be? But maybe when it's, you know, jumping Football. in for the Jets and the Raiders and you're going to that. Yeah. Um, I think it was based on a novel. Interesting. Very famous. And you learn something new. Count me in movie. for Friday for that being one yeah, of the I bingo like cards on, on Sunday Night I Football like with NBC doing Sunday Night That's Football. Right. That's right. And I bet you they've got great archival stuff. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, oh, that'd be really cool to, it would to be. watch and see. Um, but yeah, that's not. I don't think that's a game that people are going to be uh, no. super excited for, especially after we saw the Jets and what they did uh, Monday night in a, another primetime game where it was just an ugly Boy, game. The, the finger sides. pointing is oh, pronounced. Yeah, with the Jets, it really isn't it? Is. It really is. And then Monday night, uh, three and five Broncos versus five and four Bills. Uh, I mean, it's better, but I don't have a Heidi game note for uh, you there. No, I mean, no, no, no. just two original AFLers, yeah. though. Yeah, well, that is that is true. Um, so yeah, so I mean, that, there's not a lot of people super excited about these games, but yeah. uh, you know, it's what we get, I guess. But there will be great ratings. You know, be great ratings. T- tonight, right. I'm look, looking so forward to seeing the Grizzlies again Absolutely. tonight. You know, I talked about earlier. What a big difference, you know, in two weeks. Mm-hmm. It's already kind of the, the hue, the, 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 the look of the season is already yeah. taken on. But to, tonight for Miami, we, we know, or I think we know, that Jimmy Butler's going to the Hall of Fame, isn't he? Absolutely. How many other Hall of Famers on, on the Heat roster? Oh. It, it is, I think Kevin Love's going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. That was, that was pretty quick for everybody to agree. Uh-huh. Kyle Lowry? I think so. Give me a little more back of the basketball yeah, card. Maybe a little bit, but I, I think I think he's there. And it'll it'll be a while. It sure. won't, it won't yeah. be. It's know, not slam dunk. No, and it won't be the first. You know, the, the, the first year that he's eligible may 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 be a while. Bam out of bio someday. Someday I could see. I mean, again, uh, need some more. He's only twenty six, so a lot, to do. a lot more. Yeah. 
because when you see the Clippers, that's Team Hall of Fame, oh, isn't yeah. it? Uh, especially now adding James Harden. I mean, <laughs> I mean, just just and and all, and all the Clipper guys are first date eligible. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Kawhi, PG, Russ. I mean, they're first Harden. Date. They they are all not a lot one. of championships. No, and and but I don't think it hangs on the NBA players like having that Super Bowl ring. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah, you're, I think you're right about that. I don't that. think it sticks to them mm. as much. No. It doesn't seem like it. And, and again, we go back to you know, last week when I was talking about the teams that have won it in the 21st century. Mm-hmm. The NBA is such a closed society. Yeah. Just so few get it. Yeah. No. Win it very often. No, it's been gobbled up by, right. by so many. Yeah. Or, or by so few, rather. No, you're right. I'm excited for this game tonight. You know, I am getting, too. The, getting the heat in town, and and we t- talked a lot about it earlier. But you know, uh, this is a, a Heat team that has kind of struggled as well, and, and especially on the road. All three of their wins have come at home. So I know earlier this week when we were talking to DeMichael, he said this is a very winnable game for the Grizzlies, and so uh, you know we'll see we'll see how they come out, and obviously kind of limited with those those injuries. But uh, I'm excited for tonight. Almost. Almost Memphis legend R.J. Hampton. Almost Memphis legend. A long and winding road uh-huh. with R.J. Yes. Hampton here. Yes, wasn't it? almost uh, Memphis legend alongside uh, Jalen Green, who's also in that oh, almost oh, good, Memphis Tiger good, legend. Good point. And, and now with how recruiting, uh, portal, transfer stuff, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of degree of separation. Around sport, college, or yeah, or football, or basketball in college. I mean, you know, he was almost our guy. He was right. our guy. Yeah, he was close to being our guy. He was our guy, and then became somebody else's guy. <laughs> yeah. And who who claims him now? Yeah, yeah. no, I. It, it was interesting, and now you're right. I mean, with transfer portal, with NIL, with all of this stuff, um, it's just so so different. I remember when when R.J. Hampton was, uh, you know, a lot of people, including myself, thought that Memphis had a great shot. To get him, and uh, and then he Felt decides done. to go. Uh, really did, and I remember I was sitting in Spanish class when uh, when he committed to go play overseas, and I had to step out um, because my phone was blowing up. From uh, this was I think when I was uh, interning at two four seven, my phone was blowing up. Everybody was calling, yada yada yada. It's a big day, and uh, and so I had to step out and take care of it. But um, you know, just a shock. But now with nil, it's good to see a lot of these players. I continue to think back to to Cooper Flag, who mm-hmm. I think a couple of years ago, um, if he was in that same class as Jalen Green, if he was in that same class as R J Hampton, not your Spanish um, class, just in no, that no, basketball no, 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 class, just yeah. in that basketball class, uh, <laughs> yeah. it would be something if he was in my Spanish class. Um, you know if he he was in in that class, uh, you know, before NIL was a thing. A very good chance he would be overseas or or G League Ignite, doing something like that where he can make money. And now you do hear a lot of players, and I think it's easier now when you're not only getting to do the college route, but also getting money to do the college route. It's easier now to say, oh, I just wanted to, you know, I've always dreamed of, of playing in college. I've always dreamed of March Madness, yada, yada, yada. And so it's easier now with NIL, but I am glad that with NIL, we're keeping some of these top stars playing college basketball instead of uh, instead of going overseas or, or doing something like G League. That's right. And, and you know, I, way back with Top Story of the Day, I was talking about kind of re-engaging. Yeah. And it's and it's always, you know, you're you're always kind of reselling or re- mm-hmm. rebranding and to keep your market engaged. And I know Mark Giannato wrote a story about this is a real good opportunity for Tiger basketball sure. to re-engage to kind of you know get back you know really immersed uh, 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 around town. And I'm I'm not saying tonight nothing nothing game 
eight of eighty two right. is must win. But they start to stack up. It sure does. And, and, and Ron Tillery used to have he, he used to go through a great list of the reasons, the legitimate reasons why not to go to the Grizzlies game. <laughs> and this time of year was well, it's, it's college football right. season. Well, the Tiger basketball season mm-hmm. getting ready to start. And, you know, soon. Well, it's the holiday season. Yeah. And and you know, soon. You know, it, it's too cold. And and then then you get into well, I'll go next week. Right. And and, and after a few next weeks. You ain't got many weeks left. That's right. That's right. And and you know it's it's one of those things. Those weeknight games. We know how hard they are, and especially this time of year. But you're right. I mean, with this kind of slow start, it is a good time to to kind of you know back that team and try to push them to those victories. A, a slow start that I don't think anybody had this one. No, saw this one coming. All. Not at all. I, I, I mean, the most pessimistic person out there on, on the Grizzlies. And I don't know many of those. Yeah, no. Uh, I, I, I don't hear many of those. Uh, they, they didn't see they didn't see this this coming. Now, I didn't subscribe at all to the more optimistic. Right. Like the 17 and 8 with, yeah. with the 25 without John. We, we know that's not going to happen. But tonight's big and Friday night a chance for you know the crowd to get reinvested. Yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, and I know we, we need to get to a break here soon. But, Brett, I do want to run through this uh, real quick if we can. I saw today um, The Athletic put out a uh, landing spots for uh, for Shohei Otani. These are the most likely landing spots. Well, I'll tell you the least likely. Anaheim. <laughs> yeah, well, and that one's on this list as a formality yeah. because obviously it's time to only run through these lists. Right. I want your takes on uh, on some of these teams. Uh, this is alphabetical order, not in terms of most likely, least likely. Atlanta. Boston Red Sox. Oh, Atlanta's, Atlanta's not, not okay. Atlanta's not on there. Boston Red Sox. I, I think Boston wants to do it to get back in the yep. splashy reinvestment sure. business. Absolutely. Chicago Cubs, which I'm hearing more and more yeah. is a very likely landing spot for you them. You spend that on a skipper. you got to spend right. it on a two, the best That's two-way right. player since the Bay. Absolutely. Uh, Angels in there just as a formality. Yeah. L.A. Dodgers, which seems like probably the leader in the clubhouse yeah. right now. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, Mets, we know they spend. Obviously, New York. Yankees also kind of in there as a formality. One I mean, spins because the other spins. They're the, they're the pinstripes. Yeah. Uh, the Phillies. I was interested to see the Phillies in there. That might be what pushes them over the top. It really would. I mean, obviously can't pitch for them. They need pitching down the road to maybe kind of playing the long ball there. But getting a mm-hmm. DH in there with all those guys, that'd be big. So, so next time he takes the mounds, when? 25? Maybe he could get in there late 2024, but it's probably 2025. I, I don't see anybody risking it. I, I don't for, either. For the bat component mm-hmm. of it, yeah. late 24. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be 2025. I, I'm waiting for the Cardinals if it's, this is alphabetical. San Diego Padres. Okay. San Francisco Giants. Okay, we got to be getting close. Seattle Mariners. We're really close to the Cardinals. Texas Rangers. What happened? And then the Toronto Blue Jays. <laughs> I, I mastered the alphabet back yeah. in Miss Hollies uh, in kindergarten. You remember middle of the season? Where were the Cardinals? Brett, do you remember middle of the season when everyone was like, man, the Cardinals are really bad, Not but don't worry. Player. Don't worry. Lars Newbar and Shohei <laughs> were teammates at the WBC. He's going to come to St. Louis and be our savior. I knew I knew that wouldn't happen, but I know tonight what's going to happen. Grizzlies downtown, if you can't make it downtown, I know the perfect place, the perfect bar area to really enjoy game watching. I mean, it's like, it's like a great 
great grill room. Well, it is a grill. It's Jim's Place Grill. Over 100 years of charcoal grill steaks, over 100 years of celebrations, family time, and lasting memories. The Terrace family, with their touch for our community and the bar area, will be packed. Everybody watching the Grizzlies night recipes that date back to the beginning when they were downtown to now in Collierville at the railroad tracks at Poplar and Houston Levy. Online at jimsplacegrill.com. Don't forget the E in grill. Every steak grilled perfectly over an open flame. Come to Jim's Place and taste and see and feel the difference. Lunch hours, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Dinner hours, Monday through Saturday, 5 p.m. to 9.30. Since 1921, a Memphis staple, a landmark. Hard work, values, and a dedication to their diners. The Terrace family creates a memorable dining experience. And for the holiday season, for any event, for a family family get-together around the holidays or an office get-together, this is your place. The lunch menu, the staples like the souffle ma, the shrimp cocktail, crab cakes, and those salad dressings, all homemade dinner. The calamari, soup, seafoods, and those steaks, ribeyes, strips, fillets, fantastic bar area. All at Jim's Place Grill in Collierville. And on Friday, Jim's Place Grill, they present to you Jason Munns from the Commercial Appeal talking Tiger basketball. Let's get to our final break of the day. When we return, we'll wrap up today's show with Taco Bell Crunch Time. Start your day with Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10, right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn Boot & Jean Company in Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Go crazy, folks! Go crazy! This is for all the biggest press time. You are looking live. Have you seen anything like that? Goodbye! Hello, Hashtag! It's obviously crunch time. Hammer! Nail! Coffin! This baby is over! The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito. So good. Double the steak with nacho cheese sauce, seasoned rice, red strips, sour cream, and the three cheese blend wrapped inside a warm flour tortilla. With even more three cheese blend grilled on the top. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito, it hits the spot now at Taco Bell. And at Taco Bell, when they say they are feeding people's lives with unexpected good, they mean it. Bowl food you can't get anywhere else. Well, Brett, what I learned today, it's actually something I learned last night after we got off the air. And I need to thank my mother for this because she was the one that called me to tell me about it. Uh, last night we had Maction Action on uh, on television and Western Michigan was playing Central Michigan and my mother called me I watched about the first half and then I had to go run some errands I left the house my mom calls me she said Bryant this Lou Esposito guy that's the defensive coordinator for Western Michigan he went to Memphis didn't he said, Mom, I I don't know. That's before my time. I have no idea. She goes, look it up. I said, okay, I'll look it up. Sure enough, defensive coordinator Lou Esposito for Western Michigan played at the University of Memphis on the offensive line after he finished his career at the University of Memphis. He was part of the Memphis Explorers where he was an offensive lineman 
for the Explorers. He then went on to coach for the Explorers after his time playing before getting into college coaching. Now the defensive coordinator for Western Michigan. My mom said she came in, she she came inside. She was, she had been outside. She came inside. She had just sat down. She was watching. She heard Lou Esposito, and she goes, "I remember him. That's he was a Tiger." It is. That's great. It mom, really is. It? it sure is. Oh, I, was, real, real, I was impressed. Real quickly. So your mom was a big fan. So so she's not a fan because she knows how much you and Connor love. No, she was a no, fan. She's, she's if she had had a house full of girls, she'd have been a fan. I, I maybe not as big, but yes, she would still be a fan. That sure. is great. That that is great. What I learned, you got to hand it to Dylan Brooks, uh, or as the cool kids love to call him, DB. He's <laughs> doubled down on talking stuff. To either the first or second best player that's ever played the game. That's LeBron James, if you have any question about it. And I love the quote. He said he feels like James controls the media. Yeah, he does, Dylan. (laughs) He's only one of the most transcendent sports figures in the history of American yeah, sport. That's right, yeah. This isn't, you know, this isn't some scrub coming off the bench or anything. Th- this is a little bit. Him poking at LeBron James is a little bit like the guy at the craps table that keeps <laughs> buying the two, the snake eyes. Uh-huh. You're going to hit eventually. It's just going to be costly to finally maybe hit. Yeah, no, it really he's gonna is. He's going to shut him down one of these nights. And then he's going to party like oh, yeah, yeah. like there's no end. I mean, I've always been able to lock down LeBron. Yeah, it's, it's coming. Funny enough that you have LeBron James, uh, kind of LeBron James, uh, in what you learned. Uh, what I could have done without, this happened yesterday, but we got our, our answer from the NBA last night. The Lakers were complaining after their game against the Miami Poor Heat Lakers. that there were, they, they, there were fouls that they were not no called on LeBron James. The Los Angeles Lakers yeah. is not aren't getting any calls on the road. They sent it in. They filed a formal complaint with the NBA against the officials. They sent in their video evidence. And what did the NBA say? They came back and said, no, we reviewed all the footage. Looked good to us. It doesn't look like there were any fouls on any of those plays. So uh, the Lakers, and I mean, what are we? Third week of the season, already sending in film, complaining really about funny. late calls. That's incredible. Week three, the Lakers. You know, we just we don't catch any breaks around here. I could have done without more and more proof that's starting to come out. Other Big Ten teams, mm. we've talked about it, were into the sign stealing or something yeah. very surreptitious. Why is Connor Stallions, the Jesse James, and the others are just kind of white collar criminals? Right. Uh, why is he such the bad guy? There's there's proof out there about Purdue and Rutgers. But you don't win Pulitzers taking down the boilers. Uh, you win Pulitzers taking down that helmet, right. that coach, that history. You don't get it taking down Rutgers or Purdue. No, you you unfortunately do not. Uh, where are you beaming tonight? 191 Bill Street, right. FedEx Forum for the Grizzlies against the standing Eastern Conference champs. A proud franchise. You know, everybody in the NBA world, of course, would love to be Celtics, Lakers, Spurs, Warriors. Mm-hmm. You give me that Miami Heat culture. Oh, absolutely. You let me pattern my franchise after that from top down, from all those all those guys, that ownership group, Andy Ellisberg, mm-hmm. to, to the uh, Riley, to the bench coach, to the players. I'd be just fine with that approach. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I mean, that culture, what they've done, you look at. They have a heat way. They do. And, I mean, you've looked at the, you look at this team these past couple of years and the success they've had in the postseason. I mean, coming in. As an eight seed last year, I mean, just barely getting in. I think a lot of us, if I remember correctly, I think I 
uh, during those playing games when we made pick for, you picks had the for Bulls. those plays. I'm pretty sure I, I had the Bulls um, <laughs> and and the Heat go all the way um, uh, to the end. I mean, it's incredible uh, to see. And so uh, you know, they they have a way. They know what they're doing. They have a GM. They have a coach that I think you would trust with your life. And they've been able to bring in players. Remember that come springtime, I barely yeah. won those NBA picks, and I did it doing well with on those play in game picks. Absolutely, yeah. And that's what uh, that's what it all comes down to. Uh, Beam me. I'm going to beam to two places. I've gotten pretty comfortable doing that. I figured out the way to work the beam That's machine. The machine works. Beam me 6 o'clock, so just in a couple you of think minutes. New York subway just stops at well, one subway station. Very good point by you, Brett. But beam me up to Chicago in a couple of minutes. Florida Atlantic against Loyola Chicago tonight. I believe they're calling it the Barstool Classic. You can only watch it on Barstool.com, which I hate. But, you know, I'm going to watch it anyway. Beam me up there. Maybe so I don't have to find Barstool TV or Barstool, whatever they're putting it on. But then let me watch a half or so of that beam me to the Grizzlies game against the Heat, where hopefully we see the Grizzlies get their first home win of the season. I like that take. That's 2023 Final Four darling FAU against 2018 Final Four darling Loyola and Loyola champions in 1963. Grizzlies and Heat won a 14 NBA games tonight after taking election day off. Uh, I, I think next year, how about take Monday and Tuesday off? Mm. If you really want to get <laughs> players engaged into electioneering sure. and, and getting out the vote, take Monday and Tuesday yeah. off. Yeah, not just one day. Take them, take them both on. Why not? Dubs at Denver late, yeah. Boston at Philly early. It should be a, a great night, like you said, with the NBA because um, we didn't have any games last night. A lot of games tonight. You've got the doubleheader on ESPN, uh, like you just mentioned, and then we also got matching games. Akron, Miami, Ohio, Bowling Green, Kent State, Eastern Michigan, and Toledo. But that's all the time we have today. Enjoy your night, and uh, we'll talk to you again tomorrow afternoon at 3 o'clock.